you know, to really um, sort of customize this podcast, I think I think it comes with its own idea of a trigger warning. So this is a this is a trigger warning for this particular podcast episode. I will have to be pronouncing other things in a language that I'm not very strong at. And as long-time listeners know, or even short-time listeners, to be honest, uh, it's tough stuff. It's not just tough for you. It's, it's tough for me. Um, tough to hear, which is, which is why I never listen to this podcast. I am doing a great job selling this, aren't I? Uh, welcome to the Sick Pilot Podcast. I'm your host, Deepa Shreeder. Uh, we're talking mezcal. <laughs> this has been like maybe a little bit longer. Do you remember like at the top of the year, how I was going to tell you like things are going to come out in a more consistent manner? It's still happening, okay? It's just sort of, um, January, January doesn't count as a month, okay? January is like you're just deeply sleepy the whole time. And you're just trying to figure out why does work exist? It really, really, uh, we need to get into the February of life. And then we're in 2023. I said this last year too. Um, so, so that has nothing to do with this year's productivity. Because January is a, it's a throwaway month. And for people who don't believe that it's, you know, it, people who are getting things done in January, like, uh, you're an outlier as far as I'm concerned. Congratulations. You know, I'm I'm having an inferiority complex with this imaginary person who's just really on it in January. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to let it go. Um, I'm deeply jealous of this person who never has frizz in their hair. You know who I'm talking about. No frizz in the hair. Ever. Get things done in a consistent way. Doesn't doesn't falter at all in January. That person is the fucking worst. Let's get into Pachuga, which is the topic of this Mezcal episode. So, the last... Last Mezcal episode, we talked about the different kinds of Mezcal that that there is. Um, And the type that we're talking today falls under the category of, are you ready for the first? (laughs) We got this one, Destilado Con. I don't know what it is about Spanish. I I can get into the French of it all. I should actually be better about about the Spanish. I, I live in Texas. I, I speak it somewhat, at least when I was working in kitchens, I, I could get through, I could get by. What happens? What is the psychology of once I get on this podcast, I sound like I'm, I'm a soccer mom from Garland, Texas, trying, trying to order, trying to order something in a Tex-Mex restaurant. That's the energy I bring. Nowhere else, by the way. Like, like in real life, 
It's not, it's not like this. It's cool. Just having a very mini, mini mental breakdown of why when I start screaming into my phone, suddenly, suddenly I lose the ability to pronounce anything. Destilado con, okay? That means distilled with in English. Um, this is essentially a type of mezcal that, that goes through, um, basically a second or third distillation, uh, and is infused with flavors that are not just coming from fermented agave. So within that category, there is something called pachuga mezcal. Um, now pachuga in Spanish means essentially, uh, breast. It means, uh, essentially like a chicken breast. Um, technically it means the front of the body between the neck and belly. So even though a lot of pachugas, when you see pachuga mezcal, they're referring to chicken. Um, it's now kind of become a catch-all, catch-all term. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's explain exactly what's going on with this type of mezcal, okay? So this is, um, this is a type of mezcal that I started to become aware of once again with my friend Alex when we would go on Mondays at Suerte. Um, and I, I learned this idea that... Um, there are some mezcals that get flavored with raw meat. Uh, eventually, the meat is quote unquote cooked through the process of um, distillation. So that happens on the second distillation of mezcal. Um, along with the meat, there's also, um, you know, other flavors that are being imparted. Sometimes it's apples, sometimes it's fruit, sometimes it's... I know that apples are fruit. It's just that I saw the word apple in front of me. I know that apples are fruit. Move, move on, okay? I feel like that person who is imaginary with no frizz in their hair, who's just like got their January planner out, you know already did their like bedtime routine, a bedtime routine, get over yourself, is now listening to this podcast being like, oh, apples are fruits. Yeah, we know. Just move on, okay? Um, I'm not sure <laughs> why I'm bringing this energy to this particular episode. I think I'm feeling very self-conscious about how I'm doing this January. Um, so yeah, this is about uh, Pachuga Mezcal, and it is also about my own psychosis. Uh, nothing new. So anyways, um, Pachuga Mezcal, it is uh, a mezcal that is flavored with meat. It's flavored with different flavors, um, different different types of you know, range of ingredients. And then there was one particular pachuga mezcal that I really fell in love with, okay? Um, there is a small... I, I really... I really feel like this bar 
this bar might be the contender for like South Austin neighborhood bar. So there's a bar on Manchac called Lulu's. It gives me early Rainy Street vibes. I'm talking about, you know, 2009 to 11 Rainy Street. It's when like you essentially had like one bar, which was the original Luster Pearl on Rainy Street. It felt very different. It felt really sort of special. It was just, it was just sort of like one of one, that type of Rainy Street. You know, um, you, you could walk in there and sometimes you might be the only person at the bar. I, I know it's like, it's unfathomable for people who live in Austin, Texas to understand exactly how crazy that is, that you could walk, you could, first off, you could park, park, like basically in front of this bar, okay? Um, and to give a little bit of context to people who are outside of Austin, never been to Rainy Street, what we're talking about here is people give Dirty Sixth a lot of guff for being Dirty Sixth, but you know, it, it stood the test of time. Will you find me on, on, a, on a Dirty Sixth moment? Uh, no, unless, unless life has really um, taken, taken a turn for me and I need to, I need to find my soul in, in a place that like, you know, I need to go somewhere dark, okay? I got to go to Maggie Mays then, okay? That's like, that's when I, if you, if you have, have seen me at a proper Dirty Six bar here in my goddamn 30s, just know we're, we're at, we're at a crossroads that we might not be coming back from. That's, that's a good telltale sign. That should be a telltale sign for everybody across the board, but you know, um, we just talked about outliers, that damn frizzy person haunting, haunting this podcast at this moment. Um, so essentially, this Lulu's bar gives me that same sort of vibe of like, this is strange um, and special. Essentially, it is a, a woman-owned, Latinx-owned bar um, that holds a lot of amazing mezcal. Um, also the reason why I think like my voice is a little bit, maybe like not, not in the best shape is cedar fever got me, man. I don't have the fever, but I, I got cedar. I got cedar all up, all up around me. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's just really fucking with me tonally. Okay. Let's, let's get back to Lulu's. (laughs) So Lulu's, okay, uh, it it looks like it's being it it looks like a storage container, you know. It's um, hidden away. I, what I like is is that even though it is off of Manchac, it is hidden behind another bar, which I'm very into. Great taco truck, all of that. But also, also when you order a shot of mezcal, you've got a whole array of stuff. And I said to the bartender one night, I said, hey, I need a couple shots for me and my friend. 
of mezcal, you know, um, first off they serve it, they serve it in those, in that clay earthenware, um, cup. So that way you can get the most authentic flavor of it, which I appreciated. And then he tells me, he goes, I think, uh, if you're looking for a pachuga, we got to try this rabbit pachuga, rabbit pachuga. And I love, love, love cooking with rabbits. Let me tell you something. Okay. Way back, way back in 2014, when I was first starting out, when, you know, um, things, things were wacky and wild. It was the wild west of Onjora LLC. <laughs> um, I did like a five hour rabbit butchery course. Uh, we would actually make something basically, it was like a bunny ketta, like a poor ketta, a, a completely deboned rabbit and then fill it with spices and herbs and then twine that shit up and then throw it in a wood-fired oven. Let me tell you something. Shit is delicious. So rabbit, if people are not familiar with um, the kind of notes you get from cooking rabbit, is that I, I think a lot of people talk about rabbit being very similar to chicken. I I think on the surface level, you can, you can understand that. But I... I think rabbit is far more um, floral. It's it's sweeter, and it, it's um, it's it's got almost like this is this is going to sound a, very, a little bit strange, but rabbit, hold on, rabbit is the pandan of meat. It is floral, savory, and grassy all at the same time. It is, it is like how savory vanilla would taste if it was a meat. <laughs> okay? And that's rabbit. So anyways, so they said rabbit, rabbit pachuga. I was like, I'm, I am in. I am in. Um, had it and it was, it was goddamn dynamite. Uh, made better with a little uh, addition of citrus because um, it just it just sort of opened it up, brightened it up. But 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 honestly, just just great, just sort of straight down the middle. Uh, it's it's delicious. Uh, that uh, particular mezcal is called Boscal mezcal. Um. And I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can include, include a link to it by, I'll see what I mean is I will include a link to it in the Substack notes. Um, so, so I, uh, this whole episode, we are not doing, <laughs> we are not doing things in order, but I'm kind of fine with it. It's like it's like a real sort of like stream of consciousness episode, right? It's this is this is one of those ones where it feels like listen, you know, <laughs> the only American art form is jazz, right? And uh 
think of this podcast as as that, but worse and not that. Um, so how do they make pachuga? So pachuga, mezcal, um, essentially what they do is uh, they'll get a raw chicken breast. Um, they'll, they'll get some more things like citrus or, you know, um, herbs, whatever they want to spice that, uh, mezcal with, and they'll hang it, hang it on top, um, of where they are distilling the mezcal and the vapors from the mezcal slowly cook the meat and start and the meat, um, also like the meat drippings literally fall into the mezcal therefore flavoring the mezcal and you think to yourself one does it do you really taste it like do you are you tasting something that tastes like liquid meat no you I don't think you're getting it you're not getting like a sense like this is like a bone broth plus plus mezcal I think it's more of like you are getting something other. It is like an umami quality. You are getting some some other note on top of everything. So um, other than knowing that this mezcal was made in this particular way, you're, I don't think you're going to be drinking a mezcal and being like, wow, that really has some chicken in it. You know? Oh, you can have it in the sense of like, I know that chicken drippings are in here. But, um, you know, that, that's about it. Another question I feel like people would have about this is, okay, so you're having a raw chicken, um, you know, hanging above this mezcal and the drippings are, are going into the mezcal. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, is there any, well, here's the, here's the thing. There's, there's not not this idea that you are going to be um, in any danger of any kind of food poisoning. Because, essentially, here's one of the beautiful things about alcohol, right? It is, it is uh, strong. It's potent, especially when it goes in liquor form, right? And because it's also coincidentally cooking the chicken, so you are getting cooked product in it, um, 42% alcohol, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be safe. You've, you've got like some heavy sterilization happening there. Um, how did, how did this Pachuga situation start? So this is something, um, that originated where a lot of, um, mezcal comes from, which is Oaxaca. And, there's not, once again, there's not like, because this is, I feel like mezcal is one of those really beautiful liquors that, yes, definitely there's a lot of commercialization about it now, but all in all, this is, this is something that's deeply traditional. There's families doing it for generations and generations who, who maybe, you know, can't afford all the licensing, but they've been making mezcal for as long as they can remember. So, um, in a way, this is, this is a product of history. It's a product of passion, right? Um, but the idea of, of starting to flavor it this way is fairly 
fairly new, or at least it's recorded as new, um, in, in the very large history of fermented agave, right? Um, so one article pinned down uh, in the 1930s was when this started to sort of originate in Oaxaca. Possibly. It could possibly have started in the 30s. But I think something we need to always remember with any kind of indigenous history is we just know when something was seen and or recorded, right? We're saying it started in the 1930s because somebody, somebody who was outside, outside looking in, was able to say, hey, this is the first time I saw it, therefore it starts this way. It's like that idea, I think one of the, one of the strangest things about colonization in general is the world doesn't exist unless the West has seen the world, right? That's how history is written. So all I'm saying is, is take it with a grain because we actually don't know. We say the 1930s, you know, who knows? What we do know is that uh, this, this pachuga uh, practice didn't start, didn't start when Mezcal started. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to keep trying more Pachuga Mezcals. Uh, there's also some vegan Pachuga Mezcals. Essentially, um, Pachuga, even though means, you know, a breast, typically like a, a poultry breast, it's, it's a catch-all term now. It's a colloquialism where essentially when you're talking about it with mezcal, it's talking about essentially that idea of distilling it, flavoring it with on that second distillation uh, with something else. So there's vegan pachugas. There's uh, pachugas made with deer head. There's pachuga made with... Uh, there. I read one with lobster. I need to try the... Pachuga that is pachuga mezcal that is made with lobster. I I want nothing more in life than that. So hopefully next time I will come back with a report um, and with a bottle to talk about it. Um, but but what I do love is that it it makes it makes a product that was that's already pretty artisan, right? This is this is an artisanal product in the sense of like if you're going to all the steps of making this thing that's super, super, super uh, difficult, right? You start with the giant agave plant. You get to the heart of it. You got to cut that down. Then you got to burn it. Then you distill it and you distill it through this whole clay filtration system. Then let's say you go through that first distillation and you're like, you know what would make this even more badass? Let's let's throw a chicken in the rafters, okay? Let's throw a chicken in the rafters. Let's throw let's throw some, you know, herbs. Let's get let's get a bunch of fruit. Let's get them get them all up there tied up. And let's let's make something really wild. Um, I think 
we're going to be hearing more and more about Pachuca Mezcal. And rightly so, whenever you do get a Pachuca Mezcal, if you're getting it at a bar, at like a very cool new place like Lulu's, or um, you're getting a bottle, this is far more expensive, as it should be. It's This is a labor of love. Um, but yeah, I am very, very excited to try this lobster mezcal. I think, I think that's about it. I think that's as much as my voice is going to allow me to do. Um, I think we've, we've reached the end of the road. Next, next podcast, we'll be talking a little bit more about mezcal. I'm, I'm not quite sure where exactly we're going to be landing. There's, there's a few ideas, but you know, I'm always here, ready to, ready to talk to you, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm going to get it together in February, okay? There's not going to be a flyaway, nary a flyaway in my hair, okay? It's going to be all no frizz. They're going to be like, wow, Deepa, she really sticks to a calendar. And then I'm going to be the person that somebody else hates on some other podcast that they've imagined. What if we are all, stick with me, what if we are all just imaginary people that have been imagined on somebody's deranged podcast? I got to go. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.